The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we start with more details about the arrest of former Canadian Armors, uh, Army Reservist, uh, ah, former Canadian Army Reservist with alleged ties to a neo-Nazi group. Patrick Matthews disappeared from his home about 45 kilometers northeast of Winnipeg in August, just days after a Winnipeg Free Press undercover investigation identified him as a member of the base, a violent neo-Nazi hate group that was gaining traction in the Winnipeg area. Ryan Thorpe is the reporter behind that investigation. He posed as a white nationalist, went through the vetting process and managed to infiltrate the secretive organization. Ryan uh, joins us this afternoon. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for the invitation. All right, so refresh our memory on this about the investigation that you did last summer. How did it start and how did you manage to infiltrate the organization? Certainly. Uh, This all started here in Winnipeg as recruitment uh, posters for this organization uh, began popping up in multiple different areas of the city. Uh, As soon as I looked into this group, um, I realized that we obviously had something concerning on our hands here. I uh, ended up uh, having some discussions with editors and uh, making this decision to um, approach them, posing as a white nationalist. I had to go through a bit of a multi-tiered vetting process that involved uh, a bunch of email exchanges with the group's founder to begin with. Eventually, I was uh, invited to download the encrypted messaging app Wire to to further communicate with them. I had to do a, a long phone call uh, with them where they they interviewed me and kind of grilled me on various subjects and then finally I had to meet their local uh, recruiter in person which was the final step uh, on the setting process and after I did that I was invited to join. Mm. So tell us about the base what you learned then and what you know now. The base represents the most uh, violent and uh, radical fringes of the far-right hate movement today. Uh, Experts who track uh, far-right extremism say groups like the base and uh, its sister organization, the Atomwaffen Division, are really the most concerning elements in the modern uh, neo-Nazi scene. Um, They're proponents of a theory called accelerationism, which is this idea that neo-Nazis should engage in terror attacks to sow chaos and and destabilize uh, Western societies in an effort to foment a a race war. And then from that race war, they hope to forge a white ethnostate. Patrick Matthews, the man that you identified in your report, was that the man that you met, uh, that you were invited to meet? That's, yes, that's correct. At the time, I didn't know who it was, but I was subsequently able uh, to later identify him as, as Patrick Matthews. Uh, combat engineer in the Canadian Army Reserves. So he disappeared in August. The FBI confirmed uh, yesterday that he was arrested in Delaware by FBI officers. How did they find him, Ryan? It was a pretty sophisticated investigation. The FBI and the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, were were tracking Matthews and his co-accused as they moved around multiple U.S. states. At one point, they're in an apartment or in a hotel in in Maryland. Eventually, uh, two of them, including Matthews, rent an apartment in Delaware where they've been living for some time. Uh, While at that apartment, they successfully uh, build a fully functioning a fully automatic assault rifle. They stockpile more than 1,650 rounds of ammunition. They get their hands on body armor. And perhaps most bizarre of all, they attempt to manufacture the hallucinogenic drug DMT.
Mm. Okay, so there's a lot there. Um, before we kind of break that down a little bit, what do, what do we know about uh, how and when he disappeared from Manitoba? Because I know he was spotted, and then all of a sudden he was gone. Yes, uh, so after we uh, publicly identified him in the pages of the Free Press on uh, August 19th, I believe it was. Uh, later that day, you know, it's, uh, several hours later, Manitoba RCMP raided his Bozier home on the outskirts of Winnipeg here. Um, they seized uh, all of his firearms and they took him into custody briefly, but then released him. Uh, sometime in the uh, coming days, he slipped across the U.S. border um, and then his Two uh, co-accused are alleged to have driven more than 600 miles from Maryland to Michigan to pick him up and begin providing him safe harbor in this uh, neo-Nazi network. I wonder how he was able to cross the border. Well, his truck turned up near the U.S.-Canada border, so there is evidence to suggest he walked across. Oh, okay, I see. All right, so you uh, mentioned that the, the three of them ended up in uh, Delaware, Newark, I think it was, and you were talking about them building this uh, fully automatic rifle, and they were stockpiling ammo. They had this body armor. They were trying to, um, you know, uh, to, to manufacture this drug. Do we know what their plans were, what they were planning to do with all of this stuff? Well, as of yesterday, what we knew with the law enforcement officials were indicating the men uh, had discussed plan, uh, discussed traveling to an upcoming pro-gun rights rally that's being held at the state legislature, the Capitol building in Virginia on Monday. Um, the governor of Virginia has declared a state of emergency because he's had received police intelligence that violence could break out. Uh -huh. and they're concerned that it could effectively turn into a Charlottesville 2.0. Yeah. But uh, as of today, it just maybe 20 minutes ago, uh, I saw a story from the Wall Street Journal that cites law enforcement officials who say that Matthews and his co-accused actually discussed opening fire at the rally, oh, which is a new development. All right. So that'll be interesting to see if any of the charges change there as well. We know that the FBI was able to get access to the base's encrypted chat rooms, that thing that you were telling about uh, about uh, earlier. Um, I I'm guessing they saw and, and, and heard and, and read much of what you uh, saw, heard, and read late last year, did did we find out any more of what they saw in there? No, it was it was pretty much what I would have expected okay. in terms of what uh, the FBI says they observed in these um, encrypted chat rooms. Um, I imagine it was you know the same disturbing content that that I was kind of immersed in uh, last summer. Ryan, it's it's interesting. I mean, you've only you've been doing this now. What, just a couple of years? Been a been a, a, a journalist? Since, what, 2017? That's correct. Yeah, you got into it. I mean, this was a huge investigation. This was a, a huge undercover uh, project that you were working on with a, with a lot of fallout here. Um, and first off, and it was, you know, excellent reporting and excellent work. So tip of the hat to you for that. I'm, I'm wondering about any fallout for you from this, from, um, you know, as far, and you don't have to answer it. I don't want to put you in a tough spot here or anything like that, but about, about uh, your safety, your security, that sort of thing? Oh, no, it's, it's fine to ask. I did receive, um, you know, like various death threats, um, essentially sent by email, things like that. Um, the RCMP uh, National Security Unit flagged some uh, threats that they were aware of to me. Uh, but at no point, did, I mean, 
I'm not trying to be cavalier about mm-hmm. this. It was obviously concerning. These are violent people, but at no point was I seriously concerned for my uh, imminent, you know, physical safety or anything. Ryan, what do we know of the, of the base's uh, current operations in the Winnipeg area and across the country? Have have things quieted down on that front since all of this? Yes, certainly in the Winnipeg area, they have quieted down. Um, Matthews was essentially attempting to establish a cell here, a mm-hmm. two- to three-man cell to ramp up paramilitary training. So after he was exposed, that pretty much ended things here in Winnipeg. Um, when I was doing that investigation, I came, again, I came across some evidence that there was a recruitment drive for the base happening in Saskatchewan. I was also told there was a cell of an unknown size operating somewhere on the East Coast. And then after Matthews was exposed, the base formally acknowledged its uh, association with the Adamoff Division, which is a very similar group and which over the past uh, couple of years has been responsible for five racially motivated murders Mm. in the United States. Um, And uh, they have had members exposed in Quebec and Ontario, uh, on the East Coast as well, also in B.C., So when you put these two groups together, we're not talking about a lot of people, but we're Mm -hmm. talking about activity in a a lot of Canadian provinces. So what else do we know about this, the, 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 uh, the Adamoff division? Where is that based out of? That was uh, founded in the United States, uh, as was the base. Um, Both organizations have subsequently expanded their reach uh, into Canada and also across Europe. The Adamoff Division has a a cell operating in Germany. The base, uh, there's some evidence to suggest they've recently expanded their reach to Australia and South Africa as well. So what we're talking about here is a global uh, Mm -hmm. movement of of neo-Nazis who are intent on perpetrating terror attacks. So uh, Matthews, along with uh, the two Americans, Brian Mark Lemley Jr. and William Garfield, uh, Bill Bro, facing a number of charges uh, right now. What do we know uh, about those and about um, court appearances, that sort of thing? So they were arraigned in uh, federal court in Maryland yesterday. Uh, They were ordered to remain in detention. They have another court date upcoming next week, I believe. It's uh, Wednesday. Um, Now, in terms of Matthew's charges, he faces two counts, both firearms related. um, And if convicted on both charges and sentenced to uh, the maximum sentences, he could face up to uh, 20 years in U.S. federal prison. All right, uh, Ryan, I need to take a quick break here. Do you have a couple of minutes to hold on? Because your investigation led to Canadian Armed Forces taking a closer look at members and ties to hate groups. And I want to talk to you about that when we return. Do you have a couple of minutes? Yes, all, by right. all means. All right, Ryan Thorpe joining us this afternoon uh, with the Winnipeg Free Press was behind that investigation into the base. We know that the the man that uh, was a part of that, Patrick Matthews, who disappeared from uh, his home not far from Winnipeg in August, has been now arrested by the FBI. And so we're talking with Ryan Thorpe, who is a reporter with the Winnipeg Free Press, and he is the one that uh, went undercover a last summer and um, did an expose on the base and uh, the base is uh, a neo-Nazi group that was trying to set up a cell in the Winnipeg area. Uh, One of the people in question, uh, one of the believed leaders was a a man by the name of Patrick Matthews uh, who Ryan was invited to meet. He disappeared from his home about uh, about an hour northeast of Winnipeg in August while he was arrested yesterday by the FBI. 
Um, and Ryan is just uh, has been telling us the, the latest on this, and we appreciate your time, Ryan. I know that your, your investigation led to the Canadian Armed Forces taking a closer look at, at members and, and their ties to, to hate groups. He had been a reservist with a, what, the 38 Canadian Brigade Group in Winnipeg, had applied to get out. The Chief of Defence Staff at the time said an investigation had been underway into him. Have we found out any more about that investigation? What we know about that uh, investigation is that Matthews had been traveling to the United States on occasion uh, to participate in paramilitary training events, uh, the base called hate camps, in the U.S. with his uh, comrades there. On one of these trips, he was stopped by Canadian border officials who um, saw racist materials in his in his vehicle. Now, what exactly this was, we're not entirely sure, but it was concerning enough that they contacted the National Security Unit of the uh, RCMP and also flagged this to the Canadian military, mm. which was how their internal investigation uh, was launched. Now, whether or not that investigation is continuing, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, um, 38 Can- Canadian uh, Brigade Group, I, I believe, is is under you know, jurisdiction of 3rd Canadian Division, which is based here in Edmonton. I'm wondering if there's been anything, uh, do we know any more about any investigation into anything at 38 Canadian Brigade Group in Winnipeg? No, I'm not aware of anything okay. specifically focused on, on that brigade group. I do know that the Canadian military has, is undertaking efforts to get a better sense of what is the scope of uh, extremist activity within its ranks. Yeah, well, the defense minister asked the military watchdog to investigate racism in its ranks. Do you know where that stands? It's ongoing at this time. I know that um, folks who track far-right extremists have have welcomed this as as a positive sign um, because critics have long maintained that the Canadian Armed Forces does not take um, uh, far-right extremism within its ranks as seriously as it should. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Uh, So so what's next for you on this front? Are you just going to continue to to cover this track at what what happens and, and what happens next? Certainly, yeah. I, I don't have any um, <laughs> uh, plans to, to stop now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds through the court process in the U.S., whether he is returned to Canada or faces his charges mm-hmm. down there. Um, so that's, that's mainly what I'm, I'm curious about now. And it'll also be interesting to see uh, as more information comes up uh, about uh, just what law enforcement uh, observed and overheard them planning. Yeah, it will be, um, and I guess you know, fingers crossed that the FBI will will release some more of uh, some more of that information, so so we can know. But uh, again, that's that's their decision. So we'll see where it stands. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Thorpe joining me this afternoon. Ryan, again, great work on this. Thank you for taking the time this afternoon. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Take care now, Ryan Thorpe from the Winnipeg Free Press. You can check out, uh, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, and you can just, if you just Google it, you can see the story that he did uh, back in uh, in the summer, which was which was a fascinating read. If if you didn't read it at the time, I would urge you to go back and and take a, a look at it. And I remember talking to Ryan um, right after that, and you know. 
you know, talking about these hoops that he had to jump through and kind of the the delicate balancing act that he was that he was playing there uh, as well, um, and about how close he he did get to it all. He he wrote another column or another article today on the latest developments. Um, following up on that military side of it. Um, after all of this, uh, the defense minister, Harjit Sajjan, as I mentioned, had asked the military watchdog to investigate racism within the ranks. And there was a, there was a report, uh, a, a military intelligence report that came out in 2018 that found that uh, 30 Canadian forces members or reservists belonged to hate groups or had made racist statements since 2013. So 30 since 2013. And again, as you heard Ryan saying that the military maintaining such cases are isolated, but uh, other people suggesting that they're not taking uh, this issue as as serious as they should be. Uh, We'll see what comes out of that a report into it that the that the um, defense minister asked uh, the Canadian military watchdog to take a look into.